Sorry, I've got COVID. <laughs> How's it like? Uh... Why is he taking pictures? Unless he can see. He's using the Maybe. viewfinder on the camera to take a picture. Bruno Mars is like Vanilla <laughs> Prince. Sorry, Ringo. <laughs> You're replacing me? Who's replacing me? This this drum machine. <laughs> Adele should just stay retired. <laughs> We're, we're really digging a hole for this pod. What's here? Well, fuck Coachella. Right? Like, <laughs> fuck that festival. I don't give a shit. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, it's the new Drake song, you know? And they played it, and I'm like, well, that's what he's saying. I thought he was just, like, doing, like, something with Tourette's or something. <laughs> Because I know I've heard many people tell me that, you know, I just want to listen to something and not have to think about it. But then just listen to like the Beatles or something. Uh, so yeah. I feel like we're becoming better <laughs> human beings. I think we are. <laughs> William Shatner's blues album actually wasn't that bad. And we are back with the Crossroads Music Podcast. 
we are weekly music podcast where we, you know, just ramble on about music. And with me here is my co-host, Eric. How's it going? What's pretty good, my my friend. How are you? Um, Not bad. I've been listening to a ton of music. Uh, what is your drink of choice for today? So I'm going to stop taking the bottle cap off because obviously it fails. So today I'm switching to a Heather Ale. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Salt Spring Brewing. It's off a little island, so there's Gulf Islands in uh, in Vancouver Island here, and uh, one of the bigger islands is uh, Salt Spring, and they have a Heather Ale, Salt Spring Heather Ale. So I've never tried this before. Everyone says it's amazing. Okay, we'll see if the masses. All right, like so it. we are having a live review of this. Mm. First thoughts. That's actually quite nice. It's good. That's like a good summer beer. Okay, very nice. Perfect for summer coming around the corner, (laughs) at least for here. It's like 11 degrees today. Sunny, no clouds here. So I don't know what it's like over there. Uh, Here it's like mid-teens, somewhere there. It's not too bad. Oh, right on. Yeah, a bit cloudy, but mid-teens, so not too Mm. bad. Uh, Hello to everyone uh, in chat. How's it going? Thanks for joining us here. So uh, we're here live streaming every week, every Monday on youtube.com slash Dragonflies Band. So you can catch the show live if you are listening on Spotify, Apple Music, all those podcast places. But Eric, let's uh, let's just get this ball rolling. And we usually open this up with what we've been listening to this past week. So Eric, anything of note this past week that you've been listening to? Yes. Um... First of all, I'll I'll take uh, talk about a little bit about your mixtape last week because uh, I did check out the Flogging Mollies and the Faith No More song and really digging the Flogging Mollies. They're actually pretty good. You're right; they're totally like a Dropkick kind of Murphys yeah. uh, kind of band. Um, in terms of actual music, uh, I listened to a new country artist that uh, just came out with her first album. I guess you could say I don't know too much about her, but her name's Morgan Wade. Uh, the album's called Reckless. Sounds so it's familiar. Actually, it's actually not bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was. Um, there's like one mainstream sounding like new era country, which, you know, isn't isn't my jam. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the song, like she's got a good rocker voice, which kind of suits uh, the country uh, music that she plays. So uh, that's pretty decent. I came across a band called the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Wait, 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 wait. Before you move on, you came across a band called the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? Mm-hmm. Like, this is your first introduction to the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Yes. Okay. Okay. I want to I wanna listen to this because this is, this is very interesting to me because Mighty Mighty Boss Tones are not a new band. So, well, new for me. I should yeah. clarify. New yeah, for me because yeah. when I researched them, uh, uh, it came up as like they're coming out with a new album. Uh Okay called when god was great so they had a couple uh they they have two songs off uh like two singles that they've released and uh they're pretty good it's like oh these guys are not that bad and then i checked into them i'm like oh these guys are like well established like they've got quite quite the catalog and and i dig them so it's my first time listening to them okay uh i really enjoyed them yeah i I thought it was good money money boston's are one of those like 90s ska bands that just Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't say they're one hit wonders, but they had like that one big hit called um, All My Best Friends Are Metalheads, which is sort of like the really big song. Um, 
but they they've been around for a very long time and they're there's they're always energetic i think uh i think taylor and i actually saw them live once oh uh, right on at warp tour i think it was i mean that would be oh, the appropriate sweet. place to see them warp tour but um yeah, i think we saw them live they're, they had trombones and saxophones and trumpets and it's like pretty standard ska, but these guys are like one of the tops in terms of like that, that I think there's second wave ska or third wave ska. I can't, I can't recall which, which category know. they belong. <laughs> They're very solid to listen to. I quite thoroughly enjoyed them. So yeah. I, I've been listening to them a bit. Uh, and then Kaleo teased me one day. I was feeling down with the leg being broke, you know, out of commission and, like everybody was out of the house and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, like I'm just sitting here in misery. And then uh, Kaleo came up with the new single called Skinny, which is uh, it's an interesting song. Because if you listen to the lyrics, it's pretty much talking about, um, I guess, the perspective of he's trying to date this girl. But the girl is like trying to fit with that. I would say it's more of like a California style of living. Where it's just like mm. you can't eat overeat. You have to eat like just one salad a day or kind of thing, right? Like <laughs> okay. it's it's all about like that Victoria's Secret model image. Yep. yep kind of yep. thing. So it was it was very interesting. But the songs kick ass. I'm really excited for this album to come out at the end of the month. Like I'm <laughs> I'm just like itching for it to come out. Um and then uh the last single I listened to, uh new single off the new offspring album. Um, they had their last song. I talked about it. Uh, Let the bad times roll. Uh, oh, right. The yes. song is called "We Never Have Sex Anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's, like that's a parody off of uh, "We Don't Talk Anymore." That that pop single. It is. <laughs> it definitely of is. Course. It's actually. Of course. It's actually good. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like pretty much like growing old and like starting a family, and it's just like oh, like you know. That is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's pretty good. You've been listening to some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I tried to amp it up. You know, like, I'm at home the whole time. So, like, what else am I going to do? That's true. Um, so, I, I've i been on, like, a Sam Cooke binge. Oh, my Lord. That right man on. could sing. This is so yeah. good. And the, the songs they gave him, I guess he, he also wrote a lot of his songs, but... Man, the, some of the songs that are in his catalog are just like I don't think anyone has sung it better. Um, mm-hmm. Just such a soulful voice, and and the and he he didn't just have like slow ballady songs. He also had like dance hits for the time, uh, which are just like so good. Uh, so I've mm-hmm. been listening to a lot of Sam Cooke over the past week, um, and I've dived back into that Japanese band Nekrai Taki, uh, <laughs> the one with the really high-pitched girl uh, vocalist. <laughs> <laughs> the little girl as the uh, lead vocalist. But man, that band just rocks. Like, they're so good as a band. They just, like, write ridiculous things. Uh, so I love that band. Um, and then one... Um, Oh, Taylor's saying "Bring It On Home" is uh, one of her favorites. Yeah, that song is just like that so is good. such a classic. Yeah, that is like that. That's like just a classic song in general. Yeah, Sam Cooke. I think like his rendition of that is like the best. Like I hear other people cover it, and I'm just like, mm, it's good, but 
not not as good yeah it's <laughs> yeah like just look at like his just the songs you know like what a wonderful world oh uh, yeah right like oh my god yeah um and then the i guess sort of my i have two left field uh left field choices today but the first one would be taylor swift's 1989 uh so because i liked uh folklore so much i was like eh, let's go look at some of the i don't know if you really can consider that album as a back catalog because it's probably one of her highest selling albums but i've Mm -hmm. never personally like really listened to that album i've only heard like the the singles on the radio uh so i i put in 1989 from front to back and then i just did some chores to it it's like it's not my jam like for sure it's not my jam i listened to it i was like okay this is a pretty good pop album but like as good as a pop album as it was i was like eh this is not something that's going to be on like rotation for me uh is that is that the the album with the starbucks lovers song no, on there no no that's not, why is, <laughs> why is the starbucks lo- it's just lovers it's not starbucks <laughs> lovers, lovers. No. It's, it's not sponsored no, but isn't that one of the lyrics in the song well i know it's not sponsored by starbucks <laughs> that's like you know what i'm talking about though uh yeah lovers is on i think the album is actually called lovers i feel like okay anyways it's the album probably gonna get ripped apart yeah it's two albums after 1989 um but uh it's a very good pop album you can you hear the you hear the taint of max martin as a producer on that album it's just like it's Mm. super polished it is super poppy it's meant to be like earworm music, which is fine because that's the point of the album. But yeah, I I don't know. I really like Taylor Swift, but I'm going to stick with Folklore. Like that, for me, that mm-hmm. album is like the magic and everything else is like, yeah, it's not bad. It's good for what it is. I feel like we like that album so much is because it's different. Maybe. And, yeah. and it proves that she can do something that's different i don't want to say good because it is good what she did but but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no there's just something magic about folklore uh, mm-hmm. there's just something like all the songs come together on that album um 1989 good but yeah i i listened to it once it's like okay that's that's enough of that yeah uh have you heard her out of the vault song recently released out of the vault i don't uh, yes. think so unless it's one of the so, b-sides yeah you know the you know the remake of yep. the fearless album that she's coming out with so yep. i guess i guess it's on the b-side um there's going to be a second kind of disc i guess if you will oh, okay about songs that she wanted to put on the album but never mm. did and never were recorded oh that's pretty cool i like that idea. so it's actually, I, I kind of heard it. I didn't really get a chance to actually listen to it, but mm. it, it doesn't sound too bad. It sounds like typical first kind of songs that Taylor Swift was writing, that oh, kind of style. Okay. That's right. interesting. That's actually a pretty, mm. that gives a reason. I mean, she has good reason to re-release those albums, but it gives more of an incentive for for fans to actually check those albums out. Um, that's pretty cool. I never, uh, maybe I'll go check it out. Hmm. um outside of that my my other left field one uh so eric if do you like gospel music 
like soulful yes gospel and, music. Yes, soulful like gospel music. Like black church soulful Absolutely gospel music. I do. do you, I love that shit. Do you like <laughs> heavy metal? Like Judas Priest style of heavy metal? Uh see I like I like metal, but I've never gotten like crazy, crazy heavy. Yeah, so, so just like service level, like Judas Priest heavy metal. That, <laughs> oh my god, I can see where this is going. Do you like heavy metal of that that level? Um, do you also like? So you're, yeah. Oh no, go go for it, go for it. Do you also like IKEA? <laughs> like the furniture store. The furniture store. <laughs> <laughs> I get. See, I don't like IKEA because they make small furniture. <laughs> For small people, which doesn't make any sense. It makes of, no yeah, sense. Yeah, the Swedes are pretty. Everyone big. in Sweden is like gigantic. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's different over in Sweden. Maybe IKEA is different in Sweden. Maybe and they have gigantic furniture. But like these, this is like you know the tiny eat, like or the tiny dinner, like the people that make the tiny like meals. That's what like the size of like who makes you've tiny never seen meals? This on YouTube? No, on on YouTube. Apparently, that this is a channel. It's like the tiny. They like make tiny food recipe. Yeah, they make tiny food, like a hamburger, and it will be like <laughs> literally like that size, right? So, I I feel like that's what the, their furniture stores here are like for IKEA. But I mean, yeah, I I'm not a fan of IKEA. Okay, so I guess. You're, you're not gonna like this band, but if you like gospel music, if you like heavy metal music, <laughs> and you also like IKEA, go, go check out Nano War of Steel. So Nano, like like the the small size Nano, Nano War of Steel, and their song, what's it called? Val Hallelujah. I all I'm picturing right now is Ray Charles singing with his backup band as Judas Priest. No, reverse that. It's a black choir. It sounds like a black choir doing like all the, the melodies. And then Rob Halford of Judas Priest as the lead singer. Well, someone that sounds like Judas Priest. And they're talking about uh, how good Ikea is. Such so a good, good Ikea Literally, the bridge for this song they're just shouting out IKEA products. You know how IKEA products have like the the Swedish names associated with them. Yeah, it's yeah. just like Besta. <laughs> it's just the whole bridge. They're just shouting out Swedish words in the bridge, but as like a I, choir. I have to check this out. It's Nano War Steel, and the song is Val, Val Hallelujah. So Valhalla combined with Hallelujah. <laughs> Nano War Steel. I'm adding it to my list right now. <laughs> it is so good. So like they have like Odin show up uh in like verse two and then he starts talking <laughs> about how he loves IKEA. <laughs> <And he> <laughs> yes, because Odin furnished Valhalla with just IKEA products. <laughs> it's so good. Um but yeah, basically Nanowar Steel is one of those like parody bands, sort of like um not so much like a Tenacious D, but like like a Steel Panther type of band uh, where they're parodying like power metal. Uh, they have one song that is basically black metal combined with uh, reggaeton. So it's mm. like, if it just think of like, uh, what's what's the bald, bald man's, uh, what's that bald guy? <laughs> what's his name? Uh, what's the bald guy the bald guy mr worldwide what's his he's cuban oh pitbull yeah pitbull imagine pitbull but his like backing band is like a black metal band 
<laughs> These are like parody songs that they, they write. And it's like pretty good. It's pretty funny. Um, the Pitbull makes me laugh. I just feel like he just has catchphrases and that's all he says. He just shouts out shit and then... Hey, Mr. Worldwide! <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I highly recommend people check that out. Uh, <laughs> Val Hallelujah is just like, this is so perfect. It just makes that me laugh funny. every time I hear oh, it. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, how do I find this stuff? Uh, I actually don't know. It just like... It goes into know. the vast gardens of Narnia. <laughs> yeah. <to> find. <laughs> uh, so that was sort of my like deep dive this week of uh, new music. <laughs> well, actually, that one's not that new, but new, new to me uh, stuff I've been listening to. Uh, okay, so let's see if this topic <laughs> uh, fits. Oh, it does fit on the screen. Thank the Lord. So... We do have a few news topics that I want to discuss with you, Eric. Um, so the first one is, uh, I know we've talked about this in the past, but musicians are uh, selling their full or part of their catalogs uh, to publishing companies, selling off all the rights to their music, which is, I guess, historically sort of backwards, because like hmm. most most artists are like, oh no, I need to own my music, right? That's sort of a big mm-hmm. sticking point. But it's sort of flipped these days where, where these older musicians, I guess even like modern musicians uh, are selling their like full catalog away just to make that quick buck. Um, so we, I have sort of an updated list. Uh, so we already talked about bands like, uh, or groups like Bob Dylan and Neil Young and Stevie Nicks and Imagine Dragons and, and folks like that. Uh, but uh, here's a few new ones that have been added on the list. Uh, Whitney Houston, the state of Whitney Houston has sold off the whole catalog. The entire catalog of Whitney Houston has been sold off. Uh, price has been undisclosed as of yet, but uh, that's crazy. The whole catalog. Um, Disturbed, their entire catalog to, uh, up to Primary Wave, uh, which is, I think, their second last album, I believe. Um, they have sold their entire catalog too. So down with the sickness, really? or is that their song? I think so. No, down that's with the sickness. Nuts. No, that's not no, that's somebody thing. else. Yeah, that's someone. That's drowning pool. What's disturbs like? That song. Yeah, uh, I gotta look it up. Maybe that is down with the, no. Yeah, down with the sickness is disturbed. It's uh, let the bodies hit the floor. Uh, that's drown, the one that you're pool. thinking of. Yeah, 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 down with the sickness. Yeah, yeah. So that one disturbed doesn't own it anymore. And they don't own that uh, wow. cover of um, uh, Sound of Silence because they sold that off too. That's nuts. Yeah, so Disturbed. That is, see, it seems like there was a theme of all these just like kind of big mainstream people selling, but Disturbed isn't really, I wouldn't consider them mainstream. I would. From a Metalhead's perspective, I consider Disturbed a pretty mainstream metal band. They're one of those, yeah. like, they, they sort of fit in the Metallica catalog where everyone knows who Disturbed are. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I guess, I guess I'm talking about, like, the main, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. pop, oh, yeah, pop yeah. genre, yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is weird because that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, wow. they're, they've sold everything. Uh, and just to, like, fire off a few names here, David Crosby, uh, Lindsey Buckingham of Fleetwood Mac, Barry Manilow, Richie Sambora of Bon Jovi has sold all his uh, rights to his music. <laughs> uh, Blondie has completely sold all 197 songs. Uh, Air Supply, 
I don't know who wants to buy Air Supply songs, but they they <laughs> who cares? They've sold all their songs. What do they make? Like ten bucks? <laughs> <laughs> um, Culture Club, Mr. Boy George, he sold everything. Um, all the publishing, all the masters, just nuts. Devo, which I thought would be like never happen, because Devo is one of those like artists who like really care about like controlling their music and their image but Devo has sold everything um I think we talked about Shakira too she's she sold everything mm-hmm. Katie Tunstall sold 50% of her whole catalog uh if for those of you who don't know who Katie Tunstall is she's like she's famous for being like a looper musician uh pretty talented uh Mick Fleetwood has also sold all his stuff uh bob rock has sold all his producer rights so that's metallica's black album that's all of michael buble's albums whatever he's produced he has sold all his rights everything why why are people doing this (laughs) it must be just like just need the money maybe i mean i guess at the at a point when you're like 70 right you're like okay i could take 300 million whatever it is 300 million dollars now Mm. or like you know pass it off to my kids and they can make like you know 200 million in their lifetime and the grandkids would make like 50 million in their lifetime so maybe they're just cashing out now that's nuts yeah this Uh, is like a complete like i i feel like this has never happened before yeah it's nuts it's like it's the complete opposite of what we've been conditioned to believe right artists should control their Mm -hmm. own art yeah but that's people crazy. just crazy. Bob uh, Rock, yeah, Bob Rock sold everything. That's nuts. Yeah, he did a couple of tragically hip albums. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's gone. He sold everything. That's oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Um, this the list goes on though. Uh, Massive Attack. For those of you who don't know who Massive Attack are, their electronic duo. Uh, probably the most mainstream thing they've done is the uh, House MD uh, theme song. Uh, teardrop that's probably their most recognizable thing uh, but they're huge in europe uh silver chair their entire catalog's gone uh the beach boys have sold everything also um glenn tipton guitarist for judas priest has sold 50 percent of his whole catalog uh who else is in here beyonce timbaland justin timberlake olivia newton john um bob ezrin dave navarro has sold his whole jane's addiction catalog tom cochran boston sticks rihanna ariana grande kendrick lamar otis redding uh jim jimmy Iovine's on this list wow uh journey tom delong has sold his whole blink and angels and airwaves catalog chain smokers b52s kaiser chiefs nikki six skrillex and rick james well the state of rick james (laughs) I feel like some of these artists are new and it's like, why are you, why are the chain smokers doing this? <laughs> but the chain smokers, I feel like as a career, they're done. I can't imagine them. I don't mm. think, I think there's time in the spotlight is sort of over and they should just cash out for them. I think it sort of makes sense. Yeah. I can't see them having a longer career beyond, uh, within the chain smokers. Maybe they like break up and do their own thing, but, I think the chain smokers, their their time in the spotlight has ended. They've died of, of uh, <laughs> secondhand smoke. <laughs> but yeah, basically that is the updated list for musicians who have uh, 
either partially sold off their catalog or completely sold off their catalog at this point. That's nuts. It's crazy. People just like just yeah. cashing in. Give me my money. <laughs> Give me my money. Yeah. <laughs> like it's names that I would have never thought would have like ever done this. Yeah. Especially like I, I know I keep going back, but Bob Rock is like a pretty big producer. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that's that's nuts. Yep. It's all gone. I'm surprised Dave Navarro sold off his whole yeah, fans addiction. Yeah, that's surprising too. Yeah. That's crazy. I well, I mean, I guess Dave Navarro is a bit of a sellout cuz he just does TV shows now, but still. <laughs> yeah. Still that's It's a lot. Anyways, oh, yeah. uh yeah, it's just crazy how like And I think we said this before. It's this is the trend I think that it's going towards, right? Like it started with Dylan and uh, Neil Young and those guys. And as soon as that happened, I think it just opened up the floodgates and people just like, okay, let's do it. Let's just make a shitload of money. Cause like, we're not going to be alive to reap <laughs> all the royalties. Right. That's true. So that is very true. It's yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, that's, that's the general. Tr I, I'm just wondering how this is going to be handled for like musicians going forward. Like maybe when people, when musicians are negotiating contracts, if they do choose to sign with a major label, maybe it's not like an important point to them anymore to own their own music. Hmm. I feel like I wouldn't be comfortable with it. I feel like I would want to own my own music and have yeah. control of it. Yeah, well, especially because, like, with all these stupid remixes that people make, <laughs> it's just, like, you make your one, like, you're, like, like, think of, like, like, Bring It Home by Sam Cooke. Just mm. remix the shit out of it. And then it's just, like, what is going on, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it loses the, like, the narrative of the song. Yeah. In a sense, right? Like, it, like, you're telling the story, the, like, the music's written specifically for lyrics sometimes right like it's yeah it just uh yeah i don't know i i wouldn't be comfortable with it either yeah anyways that's that's sort of the updated list uh it's something we should we'll probably keep an eye on but I, it's just gonna keep going i feel like at some point all these all these musicians are just gonna see the money and just like all right mm -hmm. let's cash in if yeah. if Dylan did it, if Neil Young did it, uh, I feel like no one is no one's safe. Honestly, yeah. like if those two <laughs> sold off their catalog, who who's more credible? There's no one. <laughs> oh, exactly. And then it's just going to be some company that's like, oh, these are all my songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. Um, okay, cool. Anyway, second news topic. Uh, so this happens uh, this past weekend. So uh, this Saturday, the weekend. Uh, uh, released his his version of the nfts so we talked about this in the past where kings of leon released mm. their album through an nft a non-fungible token uh, so the idea here is that um, only one or uh, a select group of people can purchase this digital good uh, and it is that it's that unique good and only then you need good that's owned by that person. So like, Going yes, you can Willy make Wonka's chocolate factory, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you can make copies of it, but it's not the same digital file as the original. So 
anyways, the weekend released his um, his NFT over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, so included in those were, um, I guess, limited edition artwork that he produced or he created. So it's it's just a JPEG uh, that sold for six thousand five hundred USD for a JPEG. Uh, he also released a uh, one song, an unreleased song, and that song, Eric, guess, just guess how much money that sold in USD. Just guess. Just ballpark it. One song. Are we talking million, millions? <laughs> yes, definitely millions. Like 50 million. Uh, actually, sorry, no, less than a million, less than a million. Less than a million. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was like, million. no, no, no. I was looking at a different number. Less than a million. Okay. Uh, One song. 900,000. Oh, too high. Too high. It's too high. Yeah. Okay. One song. He sold it for 490,000 USD. Oh, well. One I think you built it up for me, so <laughs> I'm expecting him. Sorry, you suck. You should be. You should, why didn't you get to a million? <laughs> that's, that's in my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like one unreleased song he sold it to one person for four hundred ninety thousand dollars and forever that person will now own be the only owner of that song they can make copies of it and distribute <laughs> it but that what an idiot that specific digital <laughs> copy whoever bought that's an idiot <laughs> like like i feel like for that kind of thing you just need something tangible you know, like, I like know, this. Right? This is signed by Ray Charles. Let's it's not, but let's just <laughs> say it is. Right. Oh, I gotta get that, right? Yeah. That's tangible. To to have an own unique digital file, like it just doesn't make any sense to me. I know. I man, maybe we're just too old to understand this, but like people are buying this shit. It doesn't make I, sense. Why don't you come over to my place? We could drink some beers and I can show you my digital file on my computer. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it sounds like, exactly the same as everyone else's digital file. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and he, he basically sold a bunch of other stuff, um, multiple artworks, uh, I think some concert tickets potentially. Uh, but overall, uh, this Saturday, he has sold a total of $2 million dollars. Uh, on this campaign combination of songs and well you know good for the weekend right like good for him for making money like like i have no problem with him doing it i just the idiot that bought that song it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah what are you doing man i just <laughs> that's don't... crazy you could buy a house <laughs> right yeah like eventually Imagine, so I don't think this guy had this in his bank account. I'm assuming he had to take out some loan from the bank. Oh, my Lord. Or, or get a mortgage or some sort of thing on, on a digital file. Yeah. Right? I don't even know if that's possible. But could you imagine that bank meeting? Yeah, so what would you like to do today, sir? I want to buy a digital song. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you just buy it off iTunes or something? Well, it's $500,000. <laughs> And the he's probably paying like fifty percent interest <laughs> on it or something like. That. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Just the concept of like I've, I've made this like I'm making this character in my mind. <laughs> Who actually bought this thing? Like from an artist perspective, if you have the opportunity to do this, I feel like you should. 
Um, so apparently in, in the fine print of this whole thing, if this person who bought the song chooses to resell this song, the weekend will earn 30% of the profit that is made. So if the value of the song goes up, uh, the, the person who bought it gets 70% of the profit and the weekend gets 30%. So he will continually get 30% every single time this song is resold, uh, as long as the price keeps going up. So the weekend is just making bank then. Yeah. They're just, see, that's, that's ins- that, like, that's a good idea, but then it's also the thing. And I know we've talked about this before and I won't get into it, but I, but I feel like, you know, for, I said before that your album has to be good or the song has to be good for this, right? It's, it's gotta be like worthy of like a Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. or like a rocket man kind of song right like like just the song that will go through the generations to come that will be like this song is the greatest song in the world yeah right but you can't predict that though with a new song you could write a song and you as the artist might think i really i really poured my heart and soul into this but everyone might think this is a terrible song i don't like this song (laughs) right and some one of your other stupid songs might like for instance toby keith country singer that song that he has red solo cup Oh, I don't know yes. if you've ever yep, heard yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, he never expected that to be a single off the album. Mm. He wrote he wrote the album. He had a couple songs that he predicted that were going to be singles, and the record label's like, "We're taking this song," and it just <laughs> it just like revolutionized like country music. Right. Yeah. Like it played at parties. Right. Like it, it was crazy. This song. Right. And he never thought that would happen. Right. Yeah. You'll never know. You can never. Yeah. You'll it. you'll you'll never know. So so yeah. I don't know. That's my opinion. Maybe we are old. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But what the hell's a computer? <laughs> so yeah, like again, like the industry I think is going to trend towards this. It there's enough money mm-hmm. being made in NFTs that this is just this is just the way it has to go. If there's money to be made, that's what people are going to do. But the flip side so I don't think we mentioned this before uh, in the previous episode where we talked about NFTs, but the downside to NFTs, to produce one NFT, regardless of how much you sell for it, but to produce one of these non-fungible tokens, the energy consumption is equivalent to powering one, one home for one month in Europe. <laughs> to create one of these tokens, it takes so much power oh. that the equivalent is to power a home for a month. Oh my god. So people I don't even know what to say to that. It's like <laughs> environmentally so damaging because mm. it takes so much power to create one of these tokens. So that's the downside. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> so yeah, there's always a negative to something, but watch. You watch when we're when we're in our eighties, you watch, Kim. When we're in our eighties, I'm gonna call this right now. The next <laughs> world revolution will be these the younger generation will be protesting about these non-fungible tokens <laughs> being like they're destroying our climate no, no one will give a shit about the the fish in the oceans or or the pollution we're sending in the airs everybody will be like we're just we're destroying power <laughs> like that's what's gonna happen yeah. you just watch yeah it's all of that it's absolutely like that's so much power consumption just to make one freaking token. But <laughs> anyways, so that's that's sort of the news, the news stuff that I wanted to go through today. 
Um, so let's let's keep going on. So today is April 5th. Uh, so typically what we do now is go through significant historical stuff that happens uh, in relation to music on this day. So April 5th, uh, 1950, uh, Agnetha Faltskog, I'm pronouncing that wrong, of ABBA is born in Sweden. Terrible band. <laughs> I think ABBA <laughs> should never have existed. <laughs> Don't. ABBA is like melody machines. They're so good with melody. ABBA is awful. <laughs> I feel like that's what serial killers listen to. Yes. No, definitely serial killer music. Like I don't know if that's controversial or not to say, <laughs> but sure. serial killers sure. listen to ABBA. <laughs> ABBA is serial oh. killer music. It's true. If you're like, if you're hardcore into ABBA, there's something, there's something strange about you. Yeah. There's something really strange if you're like really into ABBA. But oh, man. I will say Just... ABBA, like in terms of hits, like Waterloo or like Dancing Queen, those production wise, I... they suck. They're horrible sounding songs. I hate those songs. But <laughs> there's nothing you can say to convince me that they are a good band. I mean, I'm going to sing that. That is going to be stuck in my head, damn it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. They're just so good at melody. It's, it's like the Bee Gees, right? The Bee Gees just like melody machines. I, I sort of group them in sort of the same spot, even though genre wise are a bit different. But all right. All right, I will. I will agree with you there. Yes, they can. They can definitely write a song that will stick into your head yes. and will yeah. never leave. Yeah, for like sure. hauntingly, never leave. <laughs> like you know those horror movies when they play that uh, that like Tiny Tim song, like oh, yeah. da, 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 da. it's creepy as shit. I feel like you could do that with ABBA music. <laughs> you definitely could. As someone's murdering like a family, just play Waterloo in the background. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh anyways happy oh. birthday <laughs> happy birthday <Abba. laughs> uh 1966 oh. michael mccready guitarist for pearl jam is born in Pensacola, florida Pensacola, florida sorry great guitar player i didn't know he was born in florida i thought all those guys were in seattle yeah whatever yeah that's actually interesting i didn't know that either yeah um why would it get stuck in your head unless you're a serial killer? That's a good point. Well, that's what him. drives you to kill. It, yeah. He probably has the greatest hits in his car. Yeah, it just gets <laughs> and then stuck he's just murdering loop. people. Yeah. Uh, 1971, <laughs> Chicago is the first American rock band to perform at Carnegie Hall. Hmm. Uh, 1973, Pharrell Williams is born in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So here's, here's the thing with Pharrell. Everywhere that I looked about this, like w significant things that happened today and like birthdays was one of them. Everyone listed Pharrell Williams as an R&B singer, which I have issue with. Pharrell Williams, first and foremost, is a producer. He's a mega producer. Mm -hmm. Like that's how he started his career. He produces all these songs with the Neptunes and like all the hits in the... I guess early 2000s was because of the Neptunes. Like, I think it was it's, like, I forget which year it was, but I think it was like 2001 or maybe 2002. If you took Billboard Top uh, 40, the Neptunes produced like 24 of those songs. In the top 40, 24 of the songs were produced by the Neptunes. 
in mm. like in that in that year or in that week or whatever it is. It's insane what those guys can do. So like I have issue with people listing Pharrell Williams as an R and B singer because first and foremost he is a producer. That's like mm-hmm. that's his bread and butter. Um, yeah. But anyways, happy birthday to Pharrell Williams. <laughs> um, 1984, Marvin Gaye's funeral takes place in Los Angeles. That's, that's cre- a, that would be a sad day. Yeah, that's cre- because like you didn't expect Marvin Gaye to to die, right? Like mm-hmm. shot shotgun bullet to the head or whatever it was. Like mm-hmm. craziness. Um, here's an annoying one. 1985, thousands of radio stations play "We Are the World" simultaneously at simultaneously at 10:50 a.m. EST. Uh, the song would go to number one in America and the UK. Yeah, you know annoying. <laughs> that's here's this is my ABBA. We Are the World is a horrible song. <laughs> it's a terrible song. I get that Quincy Jones produced it, and you've got Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney and all these guys on it. It's a terrible song. Yeah. It's like... It is. It sounds like garbage. I don't know what happened in the production <laughs> booth, but it sounds like garbage. And like, that's, it is... That's so the problem. Cheesy. That's the problem. I hate when they get get like tons of all these famous people and it's like it's like 30 of them or whatever and you put them all in a room and they're like yeah play a song guys <laughs> and then it's just it's just yeah. i don't know it just feels awkward because it's like nobody knows what they're doing yeah everyone's like okay like who's singing what part again <laughs> yeah. i don't know like i feel like that's good that's a good scene at like a festival like crossroads Yes. Eric Clapton's Crossroads. Yeah. Like you have all these major like blues musicians on stage, and they're just jamming out. They're not even like like singers, but like that works mm-hmm. for some reason. But but to record an actual song, like it's it's tough. Maybe if you had like a super group, you get like maybe top five or six people. Yeah. Like it might work. Yeah. But I feel like it just gets over like overdone. Yeah. To the point where you're just like, okay, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Um, I guess playing on the Marvin Gaye's funeral, there's going to be a lot of death in this one, but 1987, Buddy Rich's funeral takes place in Los Angeles also. Buddy Rich, Buddy Rich. just like top drummer of all time. Like, so good. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, just like, I think seven years later, 1994, today is the day that Kurt Cobain kills himself with a shotgun at age 27. Ooh. One thing I did not know is his body isn't discovered until three days later when an electrician enters to install an alarm in his hotel room. Hmm. That's crazy. It's it's actually crazy how the coroner can actually depict when the time of death was. Yeah. Like they can they can yeah. give it like an within hours. Yeah. Of like, yeah, it's within a couple hours of this time. Yeah. It's crazy. Like Yeah. But ugh, Kurt Cobain, man, like on one hand, it's just like, well, he went out with a bang, right? Like, he's like, mm-hmm. I feel like a Kurt, a Kurt Cobain in old age would not have been happy. No, definitely not. He was just such like a tortured soul, and he like really poured everything into his music. But as... But you could tell, though, if you listen to his actual lyrics, like, you can tell. Like, it's it's really... Like it's coming from his personal life, yeah, kind of thing, right? So it's it, it was definitely like it would have definitely shocked the world 
for sure. A hundred percent. Like, I feel like that would be like, what? Yeah. Like it was shocking when Chris Cornell died. I was like, what the fuck? Right. Like that blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. But Chris Cornell also was a tortured soul, right? Like he had a lot of demons, right? It's surprising that he even like, he made it that far. Mm -hmm. So anyways, today, Kurt Cobain, his anniversary of his death, um, continuing on with that sort of death thing we have we have a lot more <laughs> this to is go. morbid this we have is a dark lot, a lot more to this go is turned into a dark podcast 1998's drummer cozy powell dies at the age of 50 when he crashes his car in bristol england he was racing to his girlfriend's house who had called him distraught so uh cozy powell probably like famous for touring with black sabbath uh ba- basically a ton of like metal musicians i think he was in megadeth for a certain point uh, just an incredible drummer, uh, mm-hmm. but he also died at the age of 50 in 1998. And here's another one. <laughs> We're just going to keep going with this. 2002, Allison Chain's frontman, Lane Stan- Stanley, dies after overdosing oh, on heroin geez. and cocaine. The 34-year-old's body isn't discovered until two weeks later when friends report him as missing. That's another vocalist that was just... Allison Chains, like he was so good. Yeah, you know, I've like, never oh, been man. into Allison Chains all that much, but when I hear "Man in the Box," I'm like, that's a freaking, that's a freaking song. That's so I'm, good. I'm more of a Rooster, Ooh, Rooster yeah. fan. I love oh, Ro- yeah. the Rooster. Rooster. Yeah, but, but, yeah, like it's, it, God, it's incredible. I I actually love Allison Chains, and and you know what, the new guy is, I can't remember his name, but he's doing pretty good. Uh for them i can't i can't remember <sighs> it's gonna come to me at some point yeah <laughs> okay we need to get off the uh death train although i do have another yes. death later on but uh the, yeah 2000 yeah. part of the podcast <laughs> 2005 welcome to the obituary part of the crossroads <laughs> music podcast <laughs> Uh, 2005, Matchbox 20 frontman Rob Thomas releases his debut solo album, Something to Be. There was a certain, like, a good, I think, 10-year period where you could not get away from a Matchbox 20 slash Rob Thomas song on the radio. You can't, yeah. It was all over the place. And, like, for such a generic singer, he just, like, had so many hits. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I would never, yeah. I'd be like, okay, he's okay at singing. Uh, he's not that charismatic. I don't think he's a particularly good songwriter. But for some reason, <laughs> just had like hit over hit over hit. Like he had that smooth song with Santana, which is probably like such a, such a big song. Yeah, that definitely, I actually like that song. Yeah, but that song's but great. you're right. Like, like I, I felt, I always felt that Matchbox 20 should never have like i was like how are they famous like i feel like they were like one of those bands that would just be big in that time and then we just dwindle down and nobody will remember them yeah they to me they're they remind me of a one hit wonder but they have way more than one hit <laughs> yeah definitely um oh we talked about this band last time 2008 toto breaks up after performing its final concert in seoul korea <laughs> I know we talked about this yet last podcast, but I think Toto is underrated. <laughs> I still, I still don't care about Toto. <laughs> um, 
Okay, going back to the death thing, 2017 Trans-Siberian Orchestra founder Paul O'Neill is found dead in a Tampa, Florida hotel room. The 61-year-old's death was determined to be accidental, resulting from an unexpected reaction to prescri- prescription medication to treat his numerous chronic illnesses. Hmm. Trans-Siberian Orchestra is one of those weird bands where I never... I'm never going to get into Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but when Christmas time comes around, I'll be like, we should put this on the on the stereo system. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I feel like I feel like it's like a, definitely a Christmas tunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then last thing, and this is more just, I guess, I, I never knew this happened. Uh, so this is more just informational if you're looking for some uh, interesting slash new music to listen to. 2018, the EP called Universal Love, Wedding Songs Reimagined is released. Uh, it actually features six classic songs sung from the perspective of same-sex couples. So uh, Bob Dylan actually does a song on this. Uh, he would take his uh, She's Funny That Way song uh, and redo mm. it as He's Funny That Way. Uh, St. Vincent also has a song on this. Uh, She takes a song called uh, Then He Kissed Me and turns it into She Kissed Me. Um, So I haven't had a chance to listen to this, but it's an interesting concept. I sort of like the idea of like, you know, changing narratives of songs. So if a song has like a pretty strong, like obvious narrative going one way and then trying to change the characters in the song, uh, if they can pull it off successfully, it's like that's a very interesting concept to me. Yeah, which is interesting because I remember watching um, th- there was a TV show called Spectacle with Elvis Costello mm. and they had uh, Sting on it. And but it, w- it was different. Like when he originally wrote the song Roxanne, he was saying that w- it was more of like a Latin like samba mm-hmm. kind of feel to it like Roxanne. Da, 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 da. And then it came into this like kind of like bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Yeah, the offbeats, yeah. like it was kind of yeah and it was more of like a happier mm-hmm. song but then it's then he changed it kind of to that minor key which kind of worked but i know it's different in terms of the lyrics but yeah but this is just talking about the style but i do i do enjoy that i think it's kind of neat i think if, if you that. like that um so i think last week we talked about how sting released a new album called duets where he uh released sort of a compilation of uh all his duets he's done in the past he mm-hmm. released sort of i guess a promotional youtube video for um for that release of that album he does a version of uh englishman in new york uh and he has uh i think I'm not sure of his name, but he's an African musician. Uh, so they do a duet of Englishmen in New York. So Sting will sing, uh, I'm an Englishman in New York, but the African musician would sing differently and he would say, I'm an African in New York. And it just nice. like works so well. It's so nice. good. I actually saw him do that, but it was with a Jamaican guy on the Tiny Desk concerts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On YouTube. And that, then yeah. they did that same thing, but yeah. then he, he was talking, he was singing about Jamaica. It was actually pretty neat. Yeah. I love. So, yeah, I'll have that. to ch- I'll have to check that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, those things are so cool to me. I love it when they like take a classic song that everyone knows and just like changes it. Yeah. Um. Okay, and that's that's basically it for April fifth. Lots of death on this day, but <laughs> that's just how it is. What are you gonna do, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen? <laughs> Okay, uh, so the album that we are reviewing for this week uh, is. Queens, A Night at the Opera, which is, um, 
I have mixed feelings about this, but let's let's go through this a bit. So, A Night at the Opera is the fourth studio album by British rock band Queen, released on November 21st, 1975. Uh, it was a four-month recording process made complicated not only by the songs, but by management issues. Queen had received almost none of the money earned from their previous three albums, uh, so legal issues would delay this album. However, once settled, the album would uh, extensively use multi-tracking with a wide range of styles and diverse range of instruments. Uh, songs would feature harps and uh, ukulele and way more instruments than that. Uh, it would peak at number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 and would be the band's first platinum certified album in the U.S. Uh, worldwide, sales, worldwide sales for the album sit uh, at just over six million copies uh, as of today. Uh, it would produce the band's most successful single in the UK, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, which would become their first UK number one hit. So, Eric, thoughts on A Night at the Opera by Queen? Uh, Queen is one of these bands that I've always loved. Like, I, I still love them. They're like, they're just so good at what they do. They're such a good live band. And... I wish Freddie Mercury was still alive because I, I think watching him live would be just a completely like unique experience, right? Because he was such a good performer, right? Um, this out it's it's actually funny because listening to this album and I'm a really fan like I'm a big fan of the movie, uh, Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. Yeah. Yep. I thought uh, that the actor who played Freddie Mercury was like <laughs> spot on with him. He was, yeah. Um, I feel like this album has really good songs, but then there's songs that just don't belong on the album. I feel like, you know, I feel like it has a great start. Uh, Death on Two Legs, great start. And and it's like a unique rock. It's like, mm -hmm. I feel like this is like what progressive rock, like they were just kind of out there. It's not the same standard chords. It's just like, what the hell is going on? There's like a lot of technicality to the music. And then you go into like this, song called lazing on a sunday afternoon which completely takes it's like i'm watching some british sitcom <laughs> kind of thing and i was like okay um i'm in love with my car as simple as that song is about like i find the music behind it's pretty neat mm -hmm. right but obviously um it's not freddie mercury singing the song because i watched a live performance i think it was when they were in Montreal, live in Montreal, they have a, a live DVD and uh, Freddie Mercury sings a song. So I assume that he sang the song, but I know the drummer wrote this song. Yeah. Roger Taylor. So, yeah. and I, and I'm, I'm assuming in this version, he's singing it. Yeah. I don't know that for sure. Yep. He is. Uh, then you, then you get into your, you're my best friend. Great tune. Right. Uh, I thought 39 was a, it was like a sea shanty song, which I felt didn't belong, but it was a good song. Yeah. I felt like it was a good song, but it just didn't belong with the album, especially how it starts off mm -hmm. with with just like that, you know, um, I'm blanking on the on the guitar player's name. Uh, Brian May. Yeah, Brian May. Yeah, like Brian May's like guitar work in, in the opening song. Great. Especially I'm in love with my car. Great. But then it goes to your my best friend. OK, like typical, like slow kind of like mellow queen song. And then he goes gets the she sant shanty song, and you're like, all right. <laughs> then it gets good again, and then then you have like a, I would call this the pre, 
like bro bohemian rhapsody right uh the uh the prophet's song right uh, it, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like a like i thought it was pretty good but then it's too long it annoyed I, I thought that yeah the vocal interlude was a bit too long <laughs> which is or just like you know when freddie mercury's just singing oh, the same oh, word oh, over oh, and over oh. yeah <laughs> and then it's just over and over and over again it's like okay i felt like dragged that part off um love of my life i feel like is one of those like heart endearing songs that you can definitely tell and i i feel like after listening to the song and listen really listening to the lyrics for this one um because in the movie they portrayed it as he wrote the song before he broke up with his girl mm-hmm. and and like that he realized that he was he was gay mm-hmm. um but i felt like this song was written after i think so too almost because it's just the way it portrayed like it's like you know like like you mean so much to me and i know he still had like contact with her and and he she was mm-hmm. a big part of his life still but yeah I, I just felt like that song like in the movie they got that wrong but i felt like it's such a heart endearing song like what a sad song to be written and i felt like when even in the recording you can really feel like what he was kind of going through right like he was confused about his sexuality and then you know, but he still loved this person for who she was, kind of thing. Uh, and then it it gets good, like good company's good. And then Bohemian Rhapsody is just like I don't even know what to say about that song because it's just so good, <laughs> right? Like that that song it will be the greatest song, and it will it will you know still be played from like when we're eighty years old, Kim. <laughs> And we're complaining about the NFTs <laughs> <laughs> and with the protests of the NFTs. Like, yeah. I feel like this song will still be big. Yeah. And then close with God Save the Queen, which is, mm-hmm. I think it's fitting for Queen. I, I wish it wasn't on this album, but eventually that song. I felt it was cheeky. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a cheeky ending. And I, and I felt like that was kind of like a Freddie Mercury kind of thing. <laughs> yeah to do right like so i i actually didn't mind that but like i felt like there's these just these like a good song this song doesn't belong good song <laughs> this song doesn't belong that's what i felt like this yeah album like was. that's my problem with this album it's so like mm-hmm. schizophrenic it's basically <laughs> yes like that's a great word for it like bohemian rhapsody as a song is pretty schizophrenic right there's so many mm-hmm. things going on in that song but they they took that idea and like expanded it to the whole album and it just doesn't work it works no. in a singular song because you're like, okay, I can focus on this one song and figure out what's happening. But to like keep track of like how this album progresses song after song for like 40, 50 minutes is just like, I, I can't keep up. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. there's too much going on here. The like, yeah, there's like, there's so many good songs on there on this album. And then there's so many <laughs> songs that are just like, Either I'm just like I'm not feeling the song, or why? Why is it on this album? Like it? Why is it here? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah, especially like like lazy on a Sunday afternoon, and is it uh, Seaside Rendezvous? Yeah, that one. That one felt like I was watching just like a play. Like <laughs> I was watching like some sort of like like half-ass school play of some kid that you that you're related to that you don't even want to be there. <laughs> and you're like whatever. 
don't even know how to spell schizo. Taylor's saying that we can't use that word to describe this album. Schizophrenic, really? Schizophrenic. That's definitely not how you. That's definitely not how you spell schizophrenic. I'm gonna Google this. I feel like one of these days, if we're ever beeped out, there's gonna be a lot of like beep. And then I listened to this song, and it was beep. You know. <laughs> yeah. This is my. This is what Google thinks schizophrenic is spelled, but I don't even think that is. I I didn't realize there was a Z in schizophrenic. Um. I don't know. Is that a cancel cance, cancelable offense? To describe it, no, it's not a cancel. I I don't think that's a cancelable offense. I feel like I'm not offended by that, but I'm not offended by a lot of things. So neither am I. <laughs> Maybe so. we're not we're not a good measure of that. Anyways, I still think it's pretty appropriate for this album. Well, none of the band members were schizophrenic, right? We're not being insensitive no. to them. But what's interesting, if you really want to play this this loophole of schizophrenia, <laughs> there, um, the guy who played Queen, the actor, I. I don't know how to say his name properly, but uh, he was in this show called Mr. Robot, who is actually his character schizophrenic. Uh, so there you go. So maybe you offended him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Rami Malik. Rami Malik. That's it. There you go. Tell that to the schizophrenic people. I mean, they should be honored that we're comparing them to a <laughs> yes. classic Queen album. That we don't yeah, like. Especially about. this this band is amazing though. Like, like think yeah. of all the hits. Like, especially they're going through the generation of disco when it's coming out. Yes. And they made like a disco song that was kick ass. Like, I wouldn't even consider it a disco song. Mm -hmm. Another one bites the dust. Oh, so good. So good. Right? Do 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 like everybody knows that mm -hmm. that, right? No, it's it's by uh what's his name? Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Vanilla Ice apparently wrote that bass line 10 years after that song came out. <laughs> Look, we're getting flamed in chat now. Oh, boy. I guess it is a cancelable offense. <laughs> I, I actually love the actor Rami Malek. I think he's like a genius. And I'm excited because he's playing the Bond villain. In this next Bond film oh, that cool. keeps getting portrayed, and he's such a good actor. He's so I am I'm on the last season of Mr. Robot uh Taylor, and I am I am like on the edge of my seat. It is insane. Um but yeah, like here's the thing with this album, right? Like there's good songs on it, there's bad songs on it, there's songs that mm -hmm. don't really belong on this album at all, but it has Bohemian Rhapsody on it, which is arguably the greatest song ever written, right? Like, you mm -hmm. can, if someone were to come up to me and say, Bohemian Rhapsody is the greatest song ever written in the history of humankind, I'd be like, yeah, I'll give that to you. I don't need an art, I don't need like proof on that. I can accept mm -hmm. an argument like that. Um, so it's sort of the saving grace for this whole album. If Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody does not exist because this al we say this album shouldn't have existed in the first place, then I'd rather this album exist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like... Yeah, it's definitely a whirlwind of emotions. Yes. Right, yeah. for this album. But there's such... There's, there's a lot of good songs on this album. Like, mm -hmm. like, like, even I'm in love with my car. Like, it's a good rock tune. <laughs> it's such a right. weird even though song. the, the lyrics are song. just 
Yeah, it's very weird. And, and I know they make fun of it in the movie, yeah. right? Because it's like, this is what happens when you have a drummer write the song, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Which is, to, but then You're My Best Friend, a classic tune. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like Love of My Life is one of those, like, like just heart endearing love ballads that just gets you. You're just like, Jesus, like, like you can definitely get the emotion from what he's singing about. And then, then Bohem- even Bohemian Rhapsody too, right? Like nobody knows what the song's really about, <laughs> right? Like nobody does, but, yeah, but it's obviously bug. something, it has something to do with Mama Freddie Mia, Mercury's Mama life, Mia. right? Anyways, I, I think this, like I'm conflicted because yeah, Again, there's songs that don't belong, and it's just like it's just a typical. Okay, this is just a musical song. Like, great, good for you. <laughs> okay, Eric. Final ratings, final thoughts, and ratings on this one. What are you gonna give? Uh, this this is a hard one for me because I I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten. Wow, an I'm eight, out, an of eight out of ten. What's yeah, your justification giving for giving this eight out of ten? So I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 because the songs that don't belong, <laughs> I feel like they're over-trumped by the songs on this album. Okay, I see. Right. The good is right? so good that it you can you can ignore the bad parts about this album. Like I got it. I'm just trying to think of it like as in like Freddie Mercury has that like kind of playful kind of attitude. Yes kind of thing and and that's what i'm portraying like it's just freddie mercury having kind of fun mm. but would you ever go to a queen's concert and they they would play lazing on a sunday afternoon probably not would, yeah if 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 queen were around and they're like oh this is a special night we're playing a night at the opera from front to back i'd be like maybe i'll go get a drink for like half this album <laughs> Well, that, those those are the songs where you're like, I gotta use the washroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the washroom break songs. Like, I would never like. There's like classic albums out there that I'm like, yes, front to back, I'm here, I'm all the way front row. This album, I'm just like, I'll listen to every other song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Mike's Mike's here. What's how's it going, buddy? What's um, going on, buddy? you're giving it an eight. Oh my lord okay um yeah. that's i got i got to i i just love i love this band so much and they lose two points because of the songs that don't belong for me i'm i'm approaching it the other way you start at zero and you have to build up to the 10 so <laughs> i started 10 <laughs> i'm so, a positive thinker so, so for me so i'm giving this album a six it just isn't a good it's not a good album at all it's bohemian rhapsody brings us up to a five out of ten bohemian rhapsody on its own gives it five right and then five right off yeah right off the bat instantly just because bohemian rhapsody is on this album it gets a five out of ten and then i can give it an extra point for like you know you're my best friend and and certain songs that are good on this album but there's just too many issues with this album there's like for me when i was listening to it i was just like what am I listening to? There's no like singular <laughs> thread through this whole album. It just goes from left to right. And I get that this is a classic Queen album. Like I I think I think this most people put this as like one of their top Queen <laughs> albums, like top 2 Queen albums. And I just don't get it. 
I just don't get this mm. album. It, it definitely for the people who who like this album, this is not an album where you can listen to it once and be like, oh yeah, this is a good album or this is a bad album. This is not one of those albums. This is an album where you have to like deep dive and actually listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like look at the lyrics, like inspect every single thing about this album because there is way too much going on this thing. Um, but uh, for me, I've listened, I listened to this maybe five, six times at this point, like front to back. And then I just, mm-hmm. after that, I'm just like, nah, just skip this song. I don't need this song. Skip it. Skip, 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 <laughs> skip. I'll listen to this. Skip, skip, skip. Like mm-hmm. that's just, it's not a good album for me. It just doesn't work as an album. So for me, six Fair out of enough. 10. I, I would have to say, if you're interested in listening to Queen and you do like it, like I'm sure if you haven't listened to Bohemian Rhapsody, then like I don't even know what you should do. I don't want to say anything too dramatic because I don't want to cancel the show. But but like you should just not exist. Right. Because I mean, like it, this song is insane. So if you if you like that song and you're like, yeah, you know what? This band's pretty good. Like, I like this band. Um if you listen to their first album or this the predecessor to this one um it sounds very different like yes. i feel like yep. this is the album where they kind of push their boundaries and kind of change their genre like not their genre but but they experimented with other genres yeah i think freddie mercury shines a bit more on this one like his definitely. personality definitely comes out more yeah from his personality album. does yeah. which i would love to see most of these songs <laughs> played live like i would i would if i had a time machine and it's mm-hmm. like you could go back and watch any band live i would probably pick queen mm-hmm. i think because i think freddie mercury live would be just insane to watch yeah for sure yeah right yeah queen just have like so many good songs i just for mm-hmm. me this album just doesn't do it it's just it's not a cohesive enough album for me exactly and download the app the queen it's the queen game app it's amazing you won't be <laughs> i can't believe you played that thing i was you know what it was mentioned in the podcast i checked it out and i was addicted <laughs> maybe okay. i'm a sellout <laughs> uh all right anyways that was a review of a night at the opera i mean controversial in itself but mm-hmm. you know it's it's worth a listen just for Bohemian Rhapsody at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for those of you who are following along with us, um, the next album that we are going to be reviewing for next week will be Eric Clapton's 461 yes. Ocean Boulevard. Woo! It's going to be a fun time. I think this is... Yes. This is during rehab? Post-rehab? I can't even remember. Yeah, this Somewhere is when he was like... He took a tropical vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and just made greatness yeah in saint thomas <laughs> uh okay yeah so that'll be the album that we will be reviewing for next week so uh let's move on to our last few bits here so um we're on the mixtape battle uh portion of our show as we're we're slowly wrapping yes. up uh so uh just yes, for those Kevin. of you uh who uh have not seen this before basically what we do is we take a random speech generator it will produce three random topics one of us will choose one of those three topics and the other person has to make a three song mixtape based on that topic so last week um i chose light deprivation as the subject for (laughs) eric's mixtape 
So Eric, hit us. What are the three songs that you went with? All right. So it, when I first Googled songs about light deprivation, I got a lot of songs about growing marijuana <laughs> <laughs> or like, or no, sorry, not songs, but like how to grow marijuana. That's oh, that, like that's, songs yeah. about this. And then it was like, okay, well, that's, no, I asked for songs, not how to grow marijuana, <laughs> but okay. Thank you for the information. Uh, so I took this more of a metaphorical sense because I couldn't really find like to the literal translation of what light deprivation means. Um, so I kind of took it more of a metaphorical sense to this one. So the first song, which I think is one of the best uh, soundtracks out there, which I think would be cool down the road to do like a top soundtracks uh, album for movies, uh, is from The Crow, uh, Rage Against the Machines, the song Darkness. Oh, interesting. Yes. I wouldn't have thought of that one. That's a good choice. That's a yeah, really so good choice. It's a cool it's a cool song. It starts off really kind of very mellow, like a jazzy kind of feel, mm -hmm. and then it just full on rage. <laughs> like that's all I could say. If you don't know who Rage Against the Machines are or if you do know who they are, you'll know what I mean by that. Um so, like, so that's yeah, so That's good. my opener. Okay. That's my opener. Pretty good. Uh, Pretty I've, good. I like yeah, it so far. So second we're going to take it a little bit mellow this time. Uh, we're going to uh, do the Sounds of Silence by uh, Disturbed. Well, not by them, but the, the cover, cover by them because I feel like this cover mm. is way better than the original. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I mentioned this before and I dug a hole for myself on the controversial <laughs> counter there. Um, so yes, this song is epic. If you haven't heard this version, go listen to it right now. So stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> stop listening to us mumble on because it's amazing. <laughs> this cover uh, so, is so, so it's good. kind of so good. Yeah, it, it, it's just so slow, and then it just builds to this big thing. Yeah. And the final song, and I feel like this is just a perfect ender, right? I feel like if if I went to go see this band live and they play this at the end. I would be a happy man. Uh, Fear of the Dark by Iron Maiden. The Mighty Maiden. Yes. That's that's a which very is, good one. Which is great. And and if I had to choose which version, I would probably choose the one where they're live in Rio. Ooh, Rock in Rio, that's so good. I mean, yeah. They captured the energy on that one. It's yeah. just like millions of Brazilians just jumping in unison to that song. Whoa. <laughs> like, that would have been, like, nuts to hear as a band. Yeah. Like, you're playing, and you're like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Man, Fear of the Dark is a very good choice to close this one up. Mm -hmm. Light deprivation. Very nice. Yeah, and it starts off It starts off slow, and you're like, okay, like, is it going to end slow? But then it goes... Oh, it's so good. That's like so. a really like top tier Maiden song. It's like mm. it's one of the classics. I I really what I love about that song most is the lyrics in the song. Mm, yeah, I think I it's just it's just so I feel like Bruce Dickens like their way of writing lyrics in into a song are like very unique and just it's it's I love it. Yeah, but, no, there's yeah. like Check very, it out. very good imagery in, in their mm -hmm. in their songs. Uh, all right, Eric, actually, just list off the songs again one one last time. Uh, so we got "Darkness" by Rage Against the Machines, "Sound of Silence," uh, the cover by Disturbed, and uh, "Fear of the Dark." 
There you go. By Iron Maiden. Okay, here. Here's my turn now. All right, here we go. So we're going to generate three topics. Eric will choose one of the three, and I will have to make a three-song mixtape based on what the topic. Here we go. So the choices are cleansing, where plant species are bowing. (laughs) Bowing? Like the jet or like no 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 as in like the literal archery. like i use a bow and arrow yeah, archery <laughs> <laughs> huh cleansing rare plant species are bowing so for bowing <laughs> the, maybe the hunger games soundtrack <laughs> yeah. maybe Cleansing oh, would be an interest. That's going to be a bit of a challenge, but that might be an interesting one. Rare plant species. There has to be, there has to be something for that. Exactly. It'll probably like pass the Ducci on the left hand <laughs> side, like that. Yeah, just drug songs. Drug songs. Those <laughs> are plants, right? <laughs> Those are all <laughs> drugs. Oh, uh, um, hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. I want to see what you do with cleansing. Okay, cleansing. Sure. I think it's going to go heavy. We're, we've Just like yours, it's going to be a bit heavier and darker, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So my topic for next week will be cleansing. I have to make a mixtape, three-song mixtape with cleansing as the topic. All right. Here's a challenge for me. All right, Eric. Here it is. The controversial statements for, for <laughs> this week. At least I didn't say all of them like it usually happens, which is nice. (laughs) Uh, So the first one was uh, Eric said ABBA is serial killer music. So people who listen to ABBA end up being serial killers. (laughs) Uh, And I ended up describing uh, A Night at the Opera by Queen as being schizophrenic, which is apparently a cancelable offense, but it's a pretty apt description of the album in my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're not we're not like being disrespectful to those <laughs> people we're just saying that it's you know i i feel like many schizophrenic people would agree with us <laughs> with that album <laughs> maybe i should just stop talking no stop <laughs> stop saying stuff like that <laughs> uh okay finally let's close this off we didn't do this last week but finally uh the quote of the week presented by anthony Kiedis. I saw your face, elegant and tired, cut up from the chase, still I so admired. Bloodshot, your smile, delicate and wild. Give me she-wolf style, rip right through me. <laughs> oh, I know this song. I know this song. Give me a second. Tired, cut up from the chase. Oh, damn. This is this is hard, just reading the lyrics and actually thinking of the song. Bloodshot, your smile, Oh man! Oh, it's just—it's in the back of my goddamn head. Um, I actually Sorry, didn't please. write down where this is from. It's like—I'm pretty sure it's uh, Frusciante. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere. Yeah, it is. It is. It is Frusciante. <laughs> Getting tired, cut up from the chase. Oh my god! This is gonna. This is. I know this song, but I can't place it. Damn it! <laughs> oh, I saw your face, elegant and tired, cut up from the chase. Still, I so admired. I really like the lyrics, give me She-Wolf style. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Give me She-Wolf style? I don't know what that means either. I really like it. It's a slower song, isn't it? 
I I don't know. I didn't oh man! To oh no! No! Oh, no! As soon as you say the name, it's not fair. <laughs> I know this one. Uh, elegant and tired. Like I know that line. <laughs> I can't. Would you? So you don't know what album it's off of? Mm-mm. It's like no, no. I have no idea. It's probably. I could probably look it up. Hold on. Uh, it's off of, it's off of, uh, by the way, produced by by Rick Rubin. Oh, imagine if Rick Rubin sells his whole catalog. Oh my God. (laughs) That would be nuts. Oh my God. That's so many. That's so many. (laughs) Um, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, what hits are on that album? I have to look up the album. Come on, baby, cause there's no name for. Give it up, and I got what I came for. Blank, blank. I take it back, and you make me nervous. Nothing, nothing better than love and service. Blank, blank. I win in the long run. <laughs> that that's the lyrics to the song. Yeah. I saw your crime. Oh, Dying. universally speaking. There you go. Yes. As soon as I saw the album name, and just for, ladies and gentlemen, just to know, I, I was looking up just the songs on Apple Music. Just as soon as I saw the name, I was like, I know that line. That, that's the very first verse. Damn it. Yeah. I wouldn't call that a win. That's like a half a win. <laughs> Damn it. Well, anyways, Eric, good job. Good, good, uh, good attempt there. Uh, tried everybody so that's the end of our show i mean thanks everyone for joining in on the live broadcast here at youtube.com slash dragonflies band um you can also catch us on the spotify's and the apple musics and the all those other podcast places um any other housekeeping items here that we need to deal with uh clapton's album that we're reviewing next week 461 ocean boulevard um but i think that's it's if there's nothing else eric any last words before i wrap this thing up no man like keep it real everybody okay yeah catch us next time thanks for tuning in everyone and we will see you all next time peace out oh uh uh what what do you say when someone is like terminally ill not terminally ill but really sick and you're like trying to wish them best best of luck I don't know what the there's a term for it right like there's something you say typically uh, it's not it's like not rest in peace because they're not dead yet um, <laughs> rest in peace ladies and <laughs> yeah, it's not rest in peace it's like it's like a get better get well soon but there's like a cool way of saying it isn't there <laughs> regards I don't know okay fine we'll say that best regards to DMX because he overdosed on drugs and he's currently in hospital in critical condition so hopefully he gets Ooh. better yeah, hopefully he does. Yeah. Anyways, that's the end of our show. Cheers. Goodbye.